thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Here's Sam Simmons. Yibbity. Oh, hang on. Buddy, turn that off. Yibbity, you. Yibbity, me. Wiggity, wom wom. Waggity, wee wee. Hi. Coming to you live from uh, my dear friend's kitchen in Adelaide. Uh, in the suburb of Prospect, which uh, I imagine would have been uh, harking back to the gold rush days. And you go and bloody prospect in... Pro what are you going to call it? Well, we're prospecting for gold. We'll call it Prospect. Um, how are you? I hope you're good. I, uh, I guess this podcast is late, but not really. I mean, I, I have to strike when there's inspiration, people. When there's inspiration, then I strike. So I recorded a podcast yesterday, but I reckon I sounded a bit not into it. I just sounded a bit flat, so I was like, "All right, just bloody go, go do something. Go get some human, um, it's what do you, human interaction? That's what I need. Um, I've realised this is why I'm, I am returning to work because I need a little bit of human touch. Um, yeah, I need to talk to people. So I just had some hum, human interaction right there, which has inspired me because um, it was bad human interaction. So this is what's just bloody happened to me, guys. Bloody, not a big thing. It's a very small thing. It's a minor thing, and I probably shouldn't be whinging about it, but it pissed me off. So I went and got a salad sandwich at a place that I've been frequenting in Adelaide, and I've gone there for years and years and years. And they make a really good salad sandwich. I like the salad sandwich. And occasionally, like, the person will ask you if you want it toasted. And I always think, that's well, that's crazy. And if you've seen this on social media, because I did just post about it, I'm sorry for bringing it up again, but, um, yeah, it blew my mind. Anyway, you, okay, a toasted salad sandwich does not make sense in any... I mean, a salad sandwich is a thing you have overseas as well. I don't think I've had a salad sandwich overseas, but your typical Australian salad sandwich is you have it on wholemeal bread, I think, or a good brown bread, uh, butter... Then your tomatoes and cucumber. Don't get angry at me about the bloody how I'm assembling the sandwich. Uh, iceberg lettuce and I have avocado in mine. Some people like a bit of beetroot or alfalfa. Some Swiss cheese. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so it's a basic salad sandwich. There's no cheese in it. Rah, rah, I get avocado and the question is, put to me, do you want it toasted? I'm thinking, no. Why would I want, why would you do that to a salad sandwich? Hot avocado is a crime. I know that like back in the 80s, they used to make pastas like a chicken and avocado pasta. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's disgusting. It's an awful thought. And hot lettuce. Lettuce never does well in a focaccia or a, or a toasted sandwich. No one's having a ham, cheese and lettuce, tomato toasted sandwich. Anyway, so lo and behold, of course, my sandwich then comes out and it's toasted. And of course, and, but it's toasted to the point where they've buttered the top of the bread, which is a great way of, you know, toasting a sandwich. But don't, no, that's not what you do to a salad sandwich. I can't, um, I, I mean, they must have, someone in the kitchen must have gone, thought twice, like, oh, hang on a minute, really, they want it toasted, they really, they want a toasted salad sandwich, so it came out, and I felt, and it was like, the guy brought it out, lovely, you know, really cute, uh, wide-eyed hipster fella, you know, and he's, you know, really nice, and he presented the sandwich to me, I'm like, oh, I didn't want it toasted, and like, he kind of gave me, gave me a look like, well, do you want to send it back, like, maybe you shouldn't kind of thing, <laughs> like, it's all right, you can deal with it, and I probably could have dealt with it, but I didn't want it, I just didn't want a hot salad sandwich. And he was really lovely, but I mean, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. So, am I abnormal? But I just didn't want a hot salad sandwich. So I said, hey, look, um, oh, I'm gonna have to send it back. I reckon I've sent back food maybe once or twice in my life. 
ever. I think from memory, it was a pumpkin risotto, like maybe 20 years ago. So anyway, I, I was like, oh, I've got to send it. I just don't want it. It's because I did not want to eat a toasted hot salad sandwich. I just didn't want to. It's not about like, you know, that I'm being a prima donna here. I just didn't want to eat it. Anyway, so I sent it back and then I was like, oh no, and I felt really bad. Then I looked over and some bloke I've never seen before absolutely worked in the kitchen. Absolutely. I put my money on it. He was in the kitchen and he's gone, oh, bloody, who's this bloody guy? And he came out to eyeball me just to see who, who's sending back this, his bloody, his piece of art sandwich, toasted salad sandwich. Um, and wanted to give me a look and I waved at him and I was like, oh no. And then I was like, oh, he's going to go in and tamper with my sandwich. So I had to get up and leave my sandwich behind. I ghosted my sandwich, which is not good because that means I didn't get my money back. Um, but you know, but more importantly, I've just wasted two sandwiches because then the other guy would have come out with the sandwich and I've buggered off because I just didn't want to deal with the confrontation and say, oh, but that, that guy, and then I'm, I'm thinking, am I paranoid? Did that guy come out and look at me? But I'm positive he came out to look at me because he looked at me and he looked weird when he saw me and then he pretended to pick up a plate on the table i was like hang on a minute you're being you're looking at me like i'm difficult i'm not difficult that's a hot salad sandwich that's yuck anyway it's weird and like chefs do that i know that for a fact i used to work with um oh he's a very funny chef actually great temper maybe i, I think i can mention his name because he's really I, I i love him he always made me laugh he's a he's a scott his name is raymond capaldi and I think he was the cousin of Peter Capaldi, the grumpy guy from um, Doctor Who, the grumpy doctor. And he's got a similar kind of vibe, like he's grumpy. I've got amazing stories about Raymond. Oh my goodness. Anyway, some of them are not for this podcast. But anyway, he, uh, I remember one time someone sent back a, a baguette because... <laughs> oh, I love this. This is the wrong way to send back a sandwich. You don't send back this type of sandwich. Someone had like... Uh, so the baguette was sent out... And it was cut on an angle. So think of a long tube, a baguette. Think of a long tube. It's been cut on an angle. And this woman said to me, I was the waiter. And she said, I cannot eat this angled sandwich. I will not eat this angled baguette. Can you send it back and get in uh, to make a new one and cut it in half down the middle? And it just depends on where you think the middle is, whether you're going to cut it at an angle or straight across. <laughs> it's geometry. Um, so she, it, the sandwich was sent back and then he got angry. And I just remember Raymond going, oh, who's a fucking cunt with a fucking angle bread? And then he went out to look at her. <laughs> That's, that's, that's fair enough. If you're a chef um, and someone's sending back a, a, a sandwich because it's been cut at an angle, yeah, that's that's well and true. You can go out and look at them. Go eyeball them. But not if you've bloody toasted a salad sandwich, you fucking idiot. Who the fuck's toasting salad? And I'm not going to mention the place, but fucking I'm not coming back because I know it's going to be weird. And I really like that place. <laughs> so I've, I've shot myself in the foot. But you shouldn't be toasting salad sandwiches, you fucking idiots. You're idiots. You're idiots. Anyway... Um, that's, that's, there you go. I needed that inspiration. So yeah, I've been spending a lot of time at the Adelaide market. I've been seeing lots of outrageous things. I saw a jar of $45 yabbies, which is a pickled yabby in a jar. I don't know whether I mentioned this last week. Maybe I did, but yeah, $45 for a jar of pickled yabbies. Fuck off. Anyway, it's been a joy in Adelaide. The show is, uh, finally, finally falling into shape. It's taken a while. It's taken probably eight shows for it to take, um, shape. And the main thing I've learned from this is it's really interesting when you're doing, like putting on a comedy show in Adelaide, especially where I am in the garden. Because it's a fun fair. You go in there and there's bloody um, there's flashing lights everywhere and dodging cars and rides and people screaming and lots of alcohol. It's just fun. And my show's on at 9.30. So some people are quite lick it up by then and they come in. And if I've got a, I mean, I've got a concept throughout my show and 
some people are just like, no, I don't want that. I want fun fair. So what can happen sometimes in Adelaide with your comedy is you dumb it down a bit. Not because Adelaide people are dumb, but they just want to have fun. And if I've got a concept that's quite heavy about, say, social media and stuff, uh, I'll have to like, uh, oh, I have to take the corners off that to make it not so harsh, so that they'll just sit and laugh at the cock jokes or whatever. Um, but yeah, so but I've decided with this show that there's certain bits I'm not going to take out. I'm going to leave the show as is. They're going to get what they're given, and it's an experience. But some of them just don't like it or don't understand it in a way because I talk about um, verification and all this stuff, which sounds like it's not a good show. It's a fucking sensational show, and that's the point. I'm trying to make something that has a bit of gravitas. Um, so yeah, anyway, so it's been a, it's been up and down like there are some you can tell there's certain people that have walked in out of the you know off the street that have seen me on something like um cat's countdown uh with jimmy carr and they're like oh he's gonna be like that and i am like that but then they're like oh no i don't bloody do this so um yeah there's been those people they're basically the um the boomers the boomers get disappointed i'm not not telling cock jokes like jimmy carr basically is what's going on here um who is a great talent but um you know we just work on different sides of the fence does that make is that a thing is that an expression to work on different sides of the fence? I think it is, but maybe it's not. Anyway, who cares? Hey. Um, and my little girl... Oh, actually, no, you know what? I'll play something now. I don't know what I was going to play. I'm, I've got a few histories in here. I don't know what which history this bloody is. Let me look through. I think I can do something and communicate with you whilst I bloody have a little look here. Uh, have I got a history in here? I've got a history of... that. No, that. I've already done that. Um, no, this is called Stuff. This is No, hang on. No, what is this? Batman stuff? Stuff Sam Simmons? Stuff Glenn? I don't know. This is Stuff Glenn. I don't know what it is, but get stuffed. Stuff! When humans leave the room and stuff comes to life. The secret life of stuff. Boynton Pharmaceuticals, can I help you? This is Glenn. Yes, we do. Glenn works for a pharmaceuticals company in the office, taking orders. I mainly deal with Queensland. Working in the office environment, Glenn goes through a lot of stationery, like pens. It's not that I run out of ink in the pens, it's more to do with me losing pens around the office. No one likes losing a pen, or even a biro. I guess Glenn's typical workday sounds a lot like this. Glenn walks into his workplace. Hey, how's it going? And then sits down at his desk. He says good morning to Simon. Hey Simon, how was your weekend? They talked about the weekend. Oh, yeah, Staring at a stapler, clicking on a click pen. Thinking about the sandwich Glenn is gonna have for lunch. Then he dropped his pen and rolled underneath the copy. Hope it gets a bag or I'll have to get a new pen. I'll have to go get a new one from Fiona in stationery. Glenn went to talk to Fiona. Hi Glenn. Cause she's in charge of the pens. Then I dropped my pen. Explain his pen situation. Then she gave Glenn a new pen. Glenn just got a new pen. Went to Clicky Blue. Wow, this pen is awesome. Fiona, situation, Clicky Blue pen. Thanks, Fiona. See you later. Have a great day, Glenn. Bye. Your hair looks really great, by the way. This is the worst documentary ever. Stuff! I hope you enjoyed that, whatever it was. I hope you enjoyed whatever it was. Yeah! Um, so my little girl came and visited me in Adelaide. And she came on the plane. I mentioned last week she was flying by herself. And she loved it. So she got off all full of confidence. Just thinking she was the shit. 
because she flew on a plane all by herself at the age of six years old, which is remarkable. Um, bit of a fuck up at the airport though. They had to um, they had to like uh, hold the flight for her to get on because the paperwork wasn't filled out completely properly by me. But they didn't send me the necessary paperwork, so screw you, Virgin. Um, but they got there in the end. Thank you to Lisa Holt at Virgin Customer Relations. You were excellent. You really helped me out. And you stopped me stressing and then Nana was able to drop her off for the flight. But we had a wonderful time. It was a, it was just like the uh, the Friday night when she got in, I don't think... I, I actually said to a friend the morning after, that was probably the, the most peak fun that a six-year-old will ever have in their life. She's flown on a plane by herself, been picked up by her daddy in Adelaide, who she's been missing great. Not just saying it, she's been really missing dad. Uh, and, who, and I greeted her at the gate with uh, a, a doll that I bought, like this kind of, it was, I sound like a massive wanking, um, how would I describe what I am? A signaling guy here. But I went past this like refugee shop in Adelaide. It was a Syri- like a Syrian refugee shop where they hand make these dolls. But it's the type of thing that I know that my little girl will love, this doll. Okay, so it's a, an upside down doll. When you turn it upside down, it turns into another doll. But it was three in one. So it was a frog prince doll. So it was a princess. You turned it upside down. Then it was the frog and the prince on the other side. And she lost her mind. So she got off the plane. Dad's there. And she's got that. I've got a little chockey for her. And she's like, yeah. Then we get into a, into an Uber. And we come back to my friend's place, Tom's. And we just muck around and play with the doll. And it's really fun. And then I'm like, hey. Do you want to go to the fun fair? That sounded really creepy, actually. Um, I was like, hey, let's go to the fun fair. I don't want to speak too loud because my mic seems to be being weird. Is it too big, my mic, at the moment? It sounds hot. Let me just stop and listen back. Hang on. Mm, I think it I think it sounds okay. I just had a listen. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm recording this in my friend Tom's kitchen and there's a fridge hum and it's a corrugated iron roof, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, I took, I thought, hey, let's go to the fun fair. So I took Luna to the fun fair. And uh, so that's just fun straight away because you're on Ferris wheels and you're eating hot chips with chicken salt. Um, for those of you overseas listening to this, chicken salt is one of the greatest Australian inventions ever. And then we, what else did we do? We, uh, she had watermelon juices and we did whizzy dizzies and we played games to win toys. So I won toys for her. Uh, doing the clown mouth. Um, what else did we do? Anyway, and then her friend Alba rocked up, who's a friend of mine's daughter, who's the same age, and they love each other. And they rolled on the ground and played like all night, just like and stayed up really late. So I did my show. My friend looked after Luna and Alba, and they they, they just played deep into the night. Like it was just such an exciting thing for a kid to do. They ate fairy floss. They did more rides. They did the more daring rides that I can't go on because I hate going on rides. I can't even do a merry a Ferris wheel and actually the teacups made me nauseous as well uh anyway so it, it, i mean what a day for a little six-year-old girl and she's staying up late we're at the um the artist bar which is just like full of adults and um you know so you're little and you're walking around and the adults are being silly because they're a little bit drunk and i know it sounds wrong but you know you're seeing adults in their different kind of habitat where they're a little bit more fun i guess so just just a magic time for a little kid i'll get more on more on that um alcohol and adults and child stuff in a minute actually because i want to go back to that because it's a good thought hang on uh just write then child adult booze great i'll come back to that um anyway so yeah she was, was i think she peaked so hard and then like in the on the way home in the uh taxi she fell asleep and then i carried her to bed and i was just like oh my god that's just her peak day if the apocalypse was around the corner, you'd snap her neck and go, you've had you've had the perfect day. All right, no, no. Uh, I know that sounds really fucked up what I just said, but 
think if you're going to give a puppy dog or a child a last day, that would be the last day for a kid. It was magic. It was a magic, magic night. And um, yeah, oh God, it was so fun. And the whole weekend was fun. We went to the markets. She uh, ate flan patissiere from a French uh, little cafeteria, which was wonderful. Like, a, oh, it's really dense and beautiful and vanilla-y and buttery. Uh, she loved that. And we had dumplings. Oh, it was just such a great time. We went to the zoo on Sunday. And then I put it back on the plane like a little champion. And she flew back to mum. It was just... Yeah, it was just such a perfect, perfect weekend with her. And it was, you know, fun. I was doing the shows in between. And it was just an absolute joy. It was fun at the zoo, actually. We had a... Um, I got into a strange, passive, aggressive argument with uh, a mother who was convinced that a, uh, an echidna was a porcupine. I'm like, well, it's not. And I, was, I wasn't mean about it. Uh, and she was like, oh, look, look, it's a porcupine. And I said to Luna, oh, look, it's the echidna. Because Luna, Luna knew it was an echidna. And I didn't want Luna to say... Oh, I should have actually let Luna say it was an echidna. But maybe she heard it say porcupine, she would have said the wrong thing. So I kind of had to correct her. And then the woman kind of ignored me and said to her son again, that's the porcupine. And I was thinking, whoa, okay. So she's really asserting that she knows what this is. So I kind of like just hung right near the sign that said echidna. And I went, yeah, look, at, look Luna, look where this echidna comes from. And started explaining the facts about echidnas <laughs> really loudly. And then the lady looked angry at me. Then I saw her later on in the day at the zoo and she looked at me angry again. Anyway, terse moments. It's, it's weird these little competitive battles between people that have no, they serve no purpose. It's like the salad sandwich that none of it should have happened. And there's worse things going on in the world. You know, like, you know, there's someone right now, right now making a, a quadraphonic um, technology on a computer. That's going to steal your literal identity or basically bankrupt the country and send us into poverty and war. That is just around the, that's the new war, bloody bloodless war where it's a, it a is it a quadraphonic um, no, it wouldn't be quadraphonic. A quad, a four quad. Uh, uh, anyway, there's some type of like new computer system that's going to be so beyond the capability of what we can even comprehend. Because you think about it, like when we first started on computers, well, me at the age of 45 um, and Commodore 64s and old computers when I was a kid. And you think about what you've got in your hand right now, the powerfulness of this tiny little machine. All of the world's history is accessible to you in your hand in this tiny computer. What's going to be developed in 20 years' time from now is going to be extraordinary. But they are predicting it's going to be... Anyway, that, fuck, that was a long tangent to go on. Why did I go on that one? Oh, that's right, because I, was, um, I ended my daughter's life after a good day by snapping her neck. Okay, I'm going to play something. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons, the precise history of things. History of, history the, moon. of the moon. Moon is the Earth's only moon. The average distance from the Earth to the moon is 384,403 kilometers. That's a long way to deliver a pizza pie. Racist! The moon's the only celestial body that humans have traveled to and landed on. If you believe in shitty, shitty old lies, that is. It's a fact that the moon, or moonge, is in fact a giant fake moon sent by the people in the future to tamper with the Earth. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Look at the missing link between man and monkey. It goes monkey, 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 man. Goes monkey, There's no monkey, middle monkey, monkey, thank you, man. moon man in the moon man. Monkey, monkey, man. Monkey, monkey, man. No! Martians are from Mars and not from the moon. It goes monkey, 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 man. Monkey, 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 man. I like the moon. Yeah, but you don't know what the moon really does. Yes, I do. It affects tides, which in turn affect the weather patterns. 
Yeah, but memory, memory. That's not even a real word. What? Like the moon? Oh, you're such uh, an idiot. Oh, he is not. Oh, I'm a moon monkey from the moon. But maybe I'm not a moon monkey, but a moon man in a monkey mask pretending to be a monkey on the moon. Ponksy, the monkey swinging a tree. Oh, what's that, Ponksy? There aren't any trees on the moon. Oh, no. Ponksy's not a real monkey. Ponksy, monkey dancing on the moon. That's one small step for a Ponksy. This is an impression of a man who gets too much into Batman stuff. Mike Cannon Brooks, I hear you've got a really big, sleek penis, a really, really good one. Mike Cannon Brooks, and you're a very good lover, and you go for ages, and you're really kind to animals, and you bring sunshine and energy to, to people that's clean for the environment. You're pretty much the best guy in the world, and may I mention that you've got a magnificent penis. Um, that's another way of getting at Mike Cannon-Brooks, just like gloating about how, how great he potentially is. Um, if you are listening Mike Cannon-Brooks, or if anybody does eventually cut all these little bits up and turn it into a dance remix for Mike Cannon-Brooks, hey man, I'd like to talk to you about mental health and the Silly Billy Walk. Silly and play, which ties in really well to what I was talking about with alcohol and adults. I think particularly in Australian, British and Canadian society, alcohol is the key for otherwise restrained, boring, bogan, uh, misogynistic men to show their sensitive side. Okay, so just hang about, go with me here. So I've noticed that when typically aggressive men get liquored up, they'll show affection for their mates. And then the next day they'll talk about it, by like, oh, bloody, see Tomo last night, bloody, he told bloody Frank that he loved him. He's like, oh yeah, bloody, I love you, mate, I'm all bloody liquored up. And that's the only time that you'll see these blokes show each other a little bit of affection. I think that that's this weird... Th and they're like, oh, you were a bit silly last night. They they kind of give themselves a license to be silly and, and then blame the alcohol. And you don't have to do that. You can just be a loving guy that tells Frank that you love him when you're sober. You don't have to get drunk and use alcohol as an excuse to be silly. You can be silly in general. I think it's a, it's a huge misnomer we have in society that you you can't be... Well, not in society. In, in I guess... Definitely male, young, no, no, just male, M men, men in general. I mean, I'm sure there's women that do it as well, but women seem to be, oh God, and don't, I'm not labeling male and female. I mean, the myriad of um, genders that are within all this construct or whatever, the ones that are at the more masculine end of it, they don't seem to share stuff uh, openly and emotions and all that type of stuff. And I know that young ones probably do. Fuck, maybe I'm, a, I'm an old man. But anyway, I, I do think that alcohol does give license for men to make excuses about being silly and emotional and showing their true colors about how they care about their friends and stuff like that as well. It's, uh, yeah, that's why I guess having children in that environment, watching men be silly, um, they say you're not allowed to, like kids aren't allowed at the bar, but maybe it's good. Maybe it's good every now and then just to see a man going silly and being a bit emotional. But at the same time, I don't want you to go get drunk. So <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? I know that you, some of you are really understanding what I'm trying to say here. I don't, but maybe you do. What? Hey. Um, hey, what's the chances of this, by the way? So when I gave my daughter the flan patissiere, which is um, kind of like a, a creme brulee pie in a way. Delicious. Oh, oh. Uh, I made her do a little video for our French friend, Evelyn. And the weird thing was, so Evelyn lives in Sydney and my partner and Ev, they catch up um, a bit, maybe once every four months, so not a lot. And I sent that video and I didn't know what my wife was doing that day. And she was in the car next to her, which is like, 
what are the chances of that that I thought of Ev uh, bought the Flan Patissiere for Luna to eat and then she made a little video for Ev and she just happened to be sitting next to my partner. That is crazy. Um, and also, like, weirdly, um, is that, I mean, it's not racist. I mean, I once had a, a, a freak moment of racism in a show involving a baked good uh, in Edinburgh many years ago. Go with me here. Trust me, it's going to be, it'll be worthwhile, this one. Um, I used to do a bit on stage, caught on stage, a bit of one of my routines, one of my skits. I put bread on my feet and do bread shoes, loafers. And it's really hard to find Vienna loaves uh, throughout the world when you're touring. And I found a Polish bakery in Edinburgh that made what looked like a Vienna loaf, but it wasn't. It was like a really dense, uh, <gasps> sorry, hiccup, a very dense uh, sourdoughy kind of like Polish loaf. Like it was really hard, not hard, just heavy, heavy, heavy yeasty bread. And But I could make them into bread shoes. They'd be loafers. And uh, I remember one night I was performing in them. And what I'd normally do with a loaf is I kick them off into the audience. They fly above people's heads. And it's a, it's a light, fluffy Vienna loaf. It's not going to hurt. Fuck. And I kicked off one of these Vienna loaves and it hit a woman like fair square, like three rows back, right in the side of the head. And you could hear the conk as it hit the side of her head. It really hurt her. And she was bleeding from the ear. It kind of like tore one of her earrings a little bit. And she was laughing. She thought it was really fun. But um, And then I was talking to her. I said, oh, you've got an accent. And she, I said, where are you from? And she said, Poland. And then I said, how many Polish people are in the audience? She was the only one. What's the chances of that? The man that kicks off a Polish bread loaf <laughs> into a room of 400 people that the one person you hit the side of the head's a pole. Anyway, I just thought that was, uh, that was serendipity. Yeah, a bit of serendipity with uh, Ev and her flan patissier. Um, oh, by the way, uh, this is a shout out to Price Kennedy, who's been sending me emails. She sends the hieroglyphics and she said, thank you for mentioning her during the podcast. No problem, Price. And then she, and she also, um, she checked in. She said, how's your asshole? Uh, which I guess I never gave you guys any, uh, follow up to. If you were listening to earlier podcasts, I damaged my anus. Well, not my anus, my coccyx on a children's water slide in Bali. And it didn't, it fractured. So I fractured my coccyx and there's nothing you can do about it except sit on a donut. Um, and not, not a donut, donut, just an inflatable thing or just something circular um, that's, you know, padded. And then your um, coccyx will heal well. My, um, yeah, my anus is stunning. Thank you very much, Price. It's better than ever before. Tougher than ever before with skeletal memory. It's toughened up like an X, like a Wolverine in X-Men. There, That's about as geeky as I will ever get about the superhero universe to which I have absolutely fucking no interest in uh, whatsoever. Oh, yes. Also, um, tea towels are on the way. Um, I am waiting. I am waiting for them to come. And they're not good quality, so suck shit. If you are on Patreon, you're getting a free tea towel. Um, but I'm, I've gone the cheap option. They're cheap. So that's because it's all I can afford. Because they were bloody... The place I've gone to extraordinary. I mean, I know we're, all, we're in a recession. People say that Australia's not in a recession. We are in a recession. You can see it. And goodness me. I mean, the extortionate prices for a tea towel to be printed. You just, I know it just doesn't cost that much. I had a quote. I think it was for 200 And it was like a $3,000 quote. It's like, are you serious? Like, you go to the $2 shop and just hand draw them. Just buy a whole lot from there. But anyway, um... Yeah, so that they are coming, but they are, yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's probably going to be from China. I'm probably exploiting some child doing child labor in Manila. And I know Manila's not in China. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I, and I'm not gonna look. That, that's that's what it is. But they are coming. So thank you very, and thank you to my patrons, Patreon. It's really nice of you, and th- thank you for yeah, and also the messages. I got so many messages this week, and my deep dive. Oh my god, my deep dive's extraordinary this week. I don't know whether I've got permission to do it, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, also, just quickly, I had an awful moment in the mall the other day. So I was walking uh, with Luna past a guy. And this guy and his wife, he looked at me, and he's obviously not a fan. He's obviously been to a show before and hated it, okay? And I know what I'm like. I'm Marmite, I'm Vegemite, you love it or you hate it. And he just, he said loudly to his wife, look, it's that fucking cunt. And I couldn't, I I did everything. I did, I, I held myself back, but it's because I had my little girl with me, and she didn't hear it. But I can't believe the gall. What, how mean is that? I mean, that's what I mean. This is what this job entails and what, what comes with it. And on social media, you'll get abuse and, you know, you're a target, I guess. It just, anyway, don't do stuff like that, bloody. Anyway, I'm sure you're not listening. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know why I mentioned it. It just hurt me heart whole. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to get this deep dive ready um, and I'm going to do some uh, some emails and messages just after this. Day six. Um, 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 has anybody, did anybody laugh the first time? Oh, jeez, bloody, the mic's all hot. I don't know what the hell I've done to it. Uh, did anyone laugh the first time after they went to yoga and they did that om and they did namaste? I cracked up. I thought it was made up. I thought it was a, like a cartoon thing that happened in yoga. But no, it's a real thing. But anyway, uh, I got some letters. I got some really, really, really nice letters. Uh, emails. They're not letters. Um, this one's from... Uh, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, it's Christy. Hi, Christy. It's Christy here. I'm writing to you from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Winnipeg. Um, I thought first saw you on LOL, Last One Laughing Australia, and instantly became a fan. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed watching you on the show. That's very... Thanks very much. This led me to finding a podcast. I lost my dad suddenly a few months ago. Oh. I've been really struggling with the loss. He was my best friend. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Oh, and you lost him at 30. That sucks, Christy. I'm really sorry, mate. Um, listening to the podcast is one of a few things that kept us... Sm- oh, you're so sweet. That's so nice. Um, anyway, oh, I won't go into this, this personal stuff there. Um, that's really nice. It's, I don't read these a lot um, before I... Uh, I don't often read them before I read them on, on the podcast, which I probably should. I should vet them. Um, anyway, also, on another note, I had an idea for a possible deep dive topic, which I just recently found was not well known. Th- uh, not wh- What? Honey dill sauce? Ugh. You serious? Apparently, it's a strict Manitoba thing. Yeah, no one's eating that. Honey and dill? I mean, maybe it'd work. I mean, dill's kind of a bit anise. Yeah, that could work, I guess. Yeah, uh, wh- why not? Um... What do you dip it in, though? Is it for chips? I mean, you guys do awful bastardized things to chips. Like, poutine is just disgusting. It's a revolting concoction. That cheese, it tastes like like squeaky styrofoam. Gravy, yes. Chips and gravy, fantastic. Even chips and curry sauce in the UK. And cheese, cheese, chips and curry sauce. Mind you, I mean, look, I just like a chip with a uh, bloody, um, what do I like my chips with? A bloody, uh, what do you call it? Bloody chicken salt. It's all all right. Just like it's simple, mate. Don't bastardize that chip. Um, But yeah, anyway, look, I'll give the honey dip, uh, the honey dill sauce a go. You never know, it might be good. Is there any other component to it or is it just honey and dill? Or is there a creamed element? Creamed 
honey with dill. That kind of make that kind of makes sense. Anyway, uh, I've got another message here. This is from Jessica. My son Price. See, this is a name that's getting around. Price, eleven years old next week is devastated. Oh, maybe Price is it's Price Price Kennedy that sends hieroglyphics. Hmm. What's the chance of two prices? What? Anyway, 11 years old next week. is devastated we've not let him see your show because being fans that we are, we introduced him to your podcast late last year and he wanted to come, but he thought 11-year-old might be too young. Yes, it is. It's, it's too young. Conceptually, way too many things going on in that show for uh, your little plastic brain. So don't, yeah, not for you, mate. Um, then he passed your posters in the garden and was happy to get a picture. Oh, it's really nice, bloody. Thanks, Jess. That's a nice, bloody. That's family. I'm bloody family. Hey, speaking of family, I've got the opportunity to make a uh, a pilot for a TV thing um, with my daughter, and I just don't know whether I want to do this to her, to exploit her. It's about animals. It's my history with um, being an old like I used to work in the in zoos in education as a zoo encounters presenter. I was going into start keeping, and I deviated into comedy, and yeah, I could have joined the zoo or the circus, as it as it as it turns out. But anyway, um. Yeah, and I did a pilot many years ago, though, for Animal Planet with my friend Dave Quirk. And it was me introducing him to my favourite weird animals or less popular animals. Um, you know, sloths and narwhals and uh, slow lorises, rah, rah. And I chose armadillos because we had to film it somewhere in the States. We went to um, Albuquerque, New Mexico and filmed at the Breaking Bad Hotel. And it was like this travel documentary thing pitched like the trip, but it never took off because um, Animal Planet were just like, what the fuck is this when we gave them the tape? And uh, I said, it was like the trip, you know, the Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan thing. Um, not ripping it off. It was a, totally our own like take on it, but just a conversational made up story about two men looking for animals. It was called Men Are Animals. Uh, anyway, it didn't go anywhere, but I mentioned it to a producer and they're like, you should do that with your daughter. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. But then I was like, oh, do I want to put her out there like that? I mean, isn't, she's not going to bindi her in it, like, because it won't be that kind of animal show. But it's just like, oh, I just don't know whether I should do that to her. And whether a, a six-year-old really has the ability to make the choice of, yes, I'd like to be in the public domain like that. So anyway, if anybody's got any proper advice on that, I mean, I should probably talk to my psychologist about that um, or do more research. I think it's a 90% no from me because I just, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to do it to her. But if anybody has any good suggestions, that would be... Um, That'd be nice. Um, anyway, hey, this is from Kylie. Uh, loving your podcast, listening to me out of order. So just on episode six and you're talking about euthanasia. <laughs> That's a fun one. Um, at school, we studied this as a topic in year nine. Jeez. I turned up to class and thought they were talking about euthanasia. Of course. That's what we all did. Um, my husband, Greg, and I have seen it in the Melbourne Cost Comedy Festival every year since the International Food Court days. <gasps> that was, yes. We still sing that when we enter a dated shopping centre food court. Thanks for these sensational times. We would love a recap on your show, The Net. Oh, that's so funny. The good. So I did a show called Sam Simmons is in The Net starring Sandra Bullock because Sandra Bullock did a movie called The Net. And it was about the internet and she had Wi-Fi on a beach, which was ridiculous because it was like, you know, I think the film was made in 1995. Um, yeah, maybe I should. I should look back for that script and see whether I should do a re-recording of it. That could be kind of fun. Sandwich suggestion. Um, it's not what's in the sandwich, but how it presents. I roll the bread up for my kid into roly polies. Yeah, that that I can. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but then it's just a spread inside, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, and I reckon that would even put her off because it just looks different. She's just at that age where it's just like no routine, same thing every day, robots. Um, anyway, thank you, Kylie. Lovely message. Um, 
What? My primary PE teacher used to call me Kylie Cont. Kylie Cont? Oh my god, that's really... Yeah, anyway. Sorry, that was a bit personal there. Uh, here we go. This is... Uh, I don't know what this message means, by the way. It just says, Christina Apagakis stood in her kitchen trying to decide whether she had the nerve to eat what was in front of her. On the work stop, on the worktop sat four blobs of cheese, but not just any stinky fromage, Agapakis, what? who was a synthetic biologist at the University of California, Los Angeles, had made the stuff with bacteria from her armpit. Yuck! Nose and toes. She literally made armpit cheese. Each one had a very different smell, she says. Some were dry and brittle and yellow. And some were more yogurty. Surely she wouldn't dare taste it, would she? Well, you would, because you chew your own nails. And you do sometimes stick your fingers in your armpits and just, like, you know, you sniff your, your fingers. And you smell your own breath, so of course. You know, I've, you know, I'll admit, I've eaten my scabs. I know it's disgusting. I'm sorry if you're turning off right now. That's it. But I remember chewing scabs. Agapakis picked one up a chunk and popped it in her mouth. And I'm sure most, like, lactating women have tasted their breast milk. Without a doubt. If you're wondering why anybody would do such a thing, well, she has her reasons. Agapagus is on a mission to change our lives about the role of microbes in food production and elsewhere. She's not the only one. Oh, okay. This is from... Who's this from? Sorry, I've just cut and pasted it. I don't know who that was from. I'll go back and uh, thank them for it. I liked it. Um, and I got a message this morning as well. Let me have a little look here. From Robbie Robson. Hey, thought I'd send you a message. Love your work. You... Oh, you're saying really nice things. Uh... Uh, you, what? Uh, oh no, it's just a praise one. doesn't matter. But it's talking about English audiences. Thank you very much. That was very nice of you. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sit here and um, just read praise because it sounds like a bloody a bloody knobby. A bloody knobby. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, you're not a knobby, but I'm a knobby, Robbie. Um, thank you very much. That's really kind. I can see what he's written there. And yes, I will see you in England at some point. I just need a bloody producer over there to go, hang on, bloody get over here, mate. Get bloody over here and do some big shows and stuff. Um, anyway, I am going on a deep dive now. Oh my God, this is good. All right, I'll see you in a minute. Here's the same man trying to order a bowl of soup. Oh my, my, oh my, my, get ready for this. So I was doing some research online to try and find, um, some South Australian icons, um, Adelaide things. And I was looking for the advert for La Cornu, because I remember it had a catchy jingle that went, love it at La Cornu, just a childhood memory. And as I was looking, I came across the sofa shop and I remembered the jingle. My friend Stuart and I used to always sing it. It had really lame lyrics. I remember there was just a break in the guitar work that went, the sofa shop, yeah, come and drop in. And then just a break with guitar. And it always just sat with me that it was really maybe a poorly constructed song. Um, I'm going to give you an example. I'll play the song for you right now, actually, so you get an idea. And then, oh my God, you're not going to believe what has happened. This is incredible. The sofa shop is your only stop for the sofa you need. The sofa shop, yeah, come and drop in. We have a sofa designed for you. Choose your fabric, match your curtains too. The sofa shop ain't gonna cost what you think it will Don't you do a thing until you see the sofa shop It's wild. It's a what it, I mean it, it's great. The, I mean the ad it doesn't matter about the ad, it's about the song. And then I saw all these other links there to this ad, and it was just that there was no vision to the ad, it was just at the sofa shop and it played the music, and I was like, oh that's great. And then I saw another link and I was like, what? And it was like the Phil Collins version. I was like, what is going on here? I did some research. I was like, what? 
what is going on here? Someone's done like, it's so brilliant. It's it's like Sofa Shop Inception, where they've done, I don't know how many versions. There must be about thirty different versions of the Sofa Shop jingle. Um, it, for, uh, they've got a podcast. These guys. It's called the Made. What is it called? The Unmade Podcast with Tim and Brady. And I did message them, and I haven't heard back from them yet whether they're giving me permission to play these. But I mean, it can't hurt. I'm pushing you toward their podcast. But my goodness, so they've done. Okay, I'm going to play some versions of... Okay, I don't know what this first one is. I'm going to start laying them out now. But this is... Okay, hang on. I'll, I'll find out what it is. Hang on. All right, so this one is the indie folk version of the Sofa Shop jingle. Here we go. The Sofa Shop is your only stop For the sofa you need the sofa shop ain't gonna cost what you think it will. They got a sofa designed for you. Choose your fabric, measure curtains too. Don't you do a thing. Not until you've seen the sofa shop. Uh, this is the Blade Runner version. Okay, yes, the Bla- so the Vangelis or Vangelis, no matter, I don't know how you say it, but the Blade Runner version. Okay, here we have the sad ballad version of the sofa shop. The sofa shop is your only stop for the sofa you need. The sofa shop. Come on, jump in. This is craft work, which they call couch work. <laughs> it's genius. might be my favorite one this is the spoonerism one the show for sup is just only up for the no for you seed the show for sup 
Yeah, drum and cuffin, unstral effects heat. We have a dofus assigned your foo. Booze your chabra, catch your mertens too. The show for sup ain't gonna gust what you wink at Bill. Don't you do a ding until you've been the show for sup. This is uh, like a German hip hop one. Like a Japanese schoolgirl one. And this one, at this, I think this one might be my favourite. This is the uh, Sufjan Stevens style one. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure, see round me for the sofa you need. So for sure, you can't drop in. We have a sofa designed for you. Choose your fabric, match your curtains too. So for sure, ain't gonna cost what you think it will. Don't you do a thing until you see the sofa show. Don't you do a thing until you see the sofa show. I mean it. This has got to, if anything, I mean, it's, I know it's not really a deep dive, but I mean, how can you not just celebrate what it is to be human that there's people out there willing to do this? And I mean, I don't know how they're being remunerated for this because there's not a lot of clicks on the YouTube, but oh my good, you guys, uh, anyway, all, all my love and all my respect to you. I love that you're out there doing stuff like this because that's... It's it's insane. It's 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 a form of insanity. What's going on here? And I, I just think it's extraordinary. So look, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Tim and Brady. I don't know who's the one doing it, or you're both doing it, but what a ridiculous. Where what are you okay? I love you. I just absolutely adore it, and uh, all the respect. So you should probably go check out their um their bloody podcast. Actually, it's called the Unmade Podcast or Unmade Podcast. And uh, yeah, if you if you are going to get litigious and you're angry at me for playing this, uh, I hope I hope you're not because it's with the greatest of respect that I am playing it. Um, and I, I, I sent you an email. I did send you an email yesterday, so asking permission, just so you know. But no one got back to me yet, so you know. Anyone putting it out there? Putting it out there. So head to their podcast. Well, that's a podcast for this week. I really, really hope you loved it. We spoke about monkeys and lots of different things and salad sandwiches and hanging from emails. Um, we did none of that. Uh, we did speak about salad sandwiches. So anyway, I hope you had uh, I hope you had a good time in your ear holes and 
I'll see you next week. I might see you at a show. Might see you at a show in Melbourne in April. Uh, so Melbourne coming up in April. Uh, Perth coming up in June. There'll be other stuff in between. You'll also hear about the adventures of me getting a job. I'm looking forward to getting a jobby. A jobby, 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 job. Um, which is terrifying, but also really exciting at the same time. Anyway, in the meantime, I hope you're all bloody great and you're feeling good about your lives and stuff. And uh, please get in contact with me, samnishesquiche at gmail.com. Send me anything you need to know. Um, dream interpretations. Um, that wonderful thing about the armpit cheese, I can't wait. To, I think that might be my deep dive next week. I will, uh, I will thank thee, who... Oh, it was Helen McNeil, wasn't it? It was Helen who sent that to me. Thank you very much. I will, uh, I reckon I'll jump into that one next week because it sounds really, really fun. Unless I get caught up in the sofa shop. Speaking of the sofa shop, I'll, um, I'm going to go, we're going to go out with the sofa shop. This is a Genesis style, Phil Collins style version of the sofa, sofa shop. Ah, oh, fuck. I was going all good until I bloody tried to say sofa twice. All right. I hope you're having a, I hope you have a bloody good week. No, 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 night. Bye-bye. Oh